0: Welcome back to He's Dead Jim. We're travelling back through Star Trek, the original series, one episode at a time, and now we're officially halfway through season one. This week we ask the important question, What if humans went on surely in space? Is this a good thing I'm doing? I'm not sure. We haven't had a meeting about it.
1: (laughs) I don't know, but you're leaving the part in where you ask if it's good.
0: Okay, yeah, (laughs) Definitely. And now, live from New York, it's Emily Lind! Hello! Good evening, Emily!
1: Hi! How are you, pal? I'm good! How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. How has your week been so far?
1: I mean, it's only Tuesday here, and it's already been very long, but that's okay. Well,
0: it's, it's Wednesday here, and uh, because we're in the future... And uh, joining me, uh, we have a special guest this week, all the way from the Ain't It Rich podcast. Please welcome Mickey Flykick.
2: Hello, guys. Thanks for having me on. I am also from the future, like uh, like Mick, so...
0: Indeed, Brisbane time. This is very exciting. We have a subspace radio channel to New York, and then all the way back to the other side of Brisbane.
2: That's right. The wonders of technology.
0: Indeed. Indeed. We welcome, really
2: Mickey. Living- yeah we live living in the future, guys.
0: So exciting. How's your uh, Wednesday morning going so far?
2: Uh, pretty good. Woke up at about 9.30 and have a co- had a coffee, so that's about it so far.
0: Sounds like the perfect day off. Uh, we get a public holiday here for, I guess it's our local county fair is the closest equivalent. <laughs> they call it the, the Ecker, which I believe is short for Exhibition and some sort of weird Australianism.
2: Uh, so
1: you guys get a public holiday for that? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah two actually. That's the different areas.
1: Ridiculous.
2: Yeah, yeah, so I come from an area further south than Mick, so I'm in like a suburb where we get the Monday off, and then everyone else gets the Wednesday off.
0: Yeah, I, I think that must be a Queensland thing. I don't think you get that in New South Wales. Yeah, they've got Royal Show Day
2: in uh, most states. Most of our must states must just have got... to
0: be in Sydney. We definitely didn't get it where I grew up. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, farmers bring their cows and stuff in and you get a day off and they deliberately do the day off halfway through the week so you can't just make a long weekend out of it and then (laughs) you vanish. Uh, I think that's the plan. So, Mickey, you're fresh off uh, the back of your first ever live Ain't It Rich podcast. Very exciting
2: weekend. Yeah, first ever live ones at... uh... At a venue, we managed to get some people to actually show up and look at us, so that was a good start. Good. Yeah, and it all, it, I couldn't hope for it better, and uh, th- thanks to Mick for working the sound for us on that.
0: You're very welcome. Mm. Um, very glad we were able to record such a momentous historical event. Yeah, um, something like that. <laughs> uh, so we had Aria um, from your co-host, made It Rich, on the show a while back. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we heard how Aria described the podcast. How would you describe Ain't It Rich?
2: I always like to say it's like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, but yelled by an angry socialist. Nice. (laughs) Um, That's the easiest angle.
0: Very good. And they're they're, um, fascinating stories uh, from the weekend. The first one's out already. Yep, first
2: Uh, one's up on your iTunes or whatever your potty things are. So...
0: So, check out Ain't It Rich. Out? Very interesting topic this week.
2: Yeah, uh, Ari killed it. It's about the person who invented Slinky. She really... That dude was crazy, turns out.
0: Yeah, as many of them are. I'm starting... <laughs> there's a pattern here I'm picking up.
2: Yeah, it turns out.
0: <laughs> um, and also, I've, I've still got to go back and... Still got to go back and listen to your Elon Musk episode. <laughs> You were right, I turns really out you were right. The,
2: I pulled the trigger too early on that one, though. If I had waited, like, two months, he had his, like, full-blown Twitter meltdown with, like, the cave and stuff. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's a shame.
2: Yeah, so I'm just waiting for him to build a, enough dastardly behavior that we can just do part two. Oh,
1: yeah. it'll happen. Yeah, it'll. I know. <laughs> You're all watching it. Give, it. give it a couple of days.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's going to yell at someone on Twitter, get into someone's mentions for no reason. Exciting times! He's a real reply guy, that Elon Musk.
0: Oh man, just don't, just enjoy your billions and stay off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Star Trek. So, which uh, which series of Star Trek is your is Mickey Flykicks' favourite?
2: So, this may not, may surprise you, but I'm not actually much of a, uh, a science or well, the straightforward science fiction guy. Uh, the first episode of Star Trek I ever saw was when you guys had Ari on, and she made me watch the episode with her. Oh, wow. wow there you go.
0: Yeah. So, I didn't realize you totally so that's like coming the first in totally cool one. clean.
2: But uh, at the same time, I, you know, pop culture, it all sinks in. So, a lot of the references and stuff, it's pretty easy to jump on board.
0: I like this. I like bringing in an outsider.
2: My first, my first real exposure to Star Trek was the uh, 1980s hit song "Star Trekkin'.
0: Ah, yes.
2: Uh, so that's. I figured I had to mention that on this podcast just to give myself some level of legitimacy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know about legitimacy, but yes. Um, <laughs> if I'm assuming everyone's familiar with Star Trekkin', but uh, if you're not, I'll. Uh, I should put that. Put the YouTube film clip up. uh, Yeah, it's a fun one. It is a fun one. Uh, Have you heard Star Truckin' by Slim Dusty? Uh,
2: No, but you did mention it briefly when we were talking about this. Uh, Slim Dusty
0: was an Australian, like a country music singer. Legend. Yeah, legend. Legend. Um, But it's just basically, (laughs) seems to be about a truck driver that's on speed (laughs) and he starts hallucinating. (laughs) That's right. He um he knew his market, Slim Dusty. I think he released a, like at least a couple of albums that are just dedicated to tr- songs about truck driving.
2: Yeah. So yeah, the Trucker go. was like a big thing at one point. Like, trucker movies and things like that. And speaking of Marvel, they even had like a Trucker hero for a little while. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, a guy by the name of U.S. Ace.
0: That's- and what was his special skill, just... Get Just amazing trucking. On I truck. think he had
2: like a, f- like, I think his truck was like super high tech. I don't really remember. I can't say I've read an issue of <laughs> usace myself. Was he
0: like driving Optimus Prime or something?
2: Yeah, something like that. Just, yeah, it's the most 80s thing.
0: Getting that freight delivered on time. <laughs> that sounds really boring.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, I'm I think intrigued. They- I want to look it up. I think he becomes a space trucker eventually, now that I remember.
0: Oh, sick. Now you're talking. I like anything that happens in
2: space. (laughs) (laughs) So he is the original star trucker, now that I think of it. There you go.
0: So you mentioned, you said not traditional sci-fi. Is there some non-traditional sci-fi that you're into?
2: I'm into, like, the superhero stuff. So, like, yeah, I'm a big comic book guy. Not literally a big comic book guy, like, you know. Like comic book guy, but you
0: know. <laughs> uh, are you a Marvel guy or a DC guy?
2: I probably lean more Marvel, but I read both. Um, you know, I'm more a guy who follows who's writing.
0: I uh, so so you got your particular comic book author authors that you follow?
2: Yeah, I like certain comic writers and things like that.
0: Okay, I'm I'm I, I know very little about comics. I used to. My comic knowledge is I used to collect Ninja Turtle comics when I was 10. Uh, I should get back to that one. It's pretty badass, though. Yeah, that was Those
2: original Ninja Turtles were
0: brutal. Oh, man. I was so excited. I used to see the ads for Nintendo games that we didn't have out in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favourite thing. Uh, So, if I was just going to start checking in with... Marvel Comics, for example, which author should I check out? Um, hmm. Who's your guy or gal?
2: My guy kind of just left Marvel. guy by the name of uh, Brian Michael Bendis just moved over to DC after basically being behind everything for the last decade of comics. Uh, but Marvel probably has the better writers at the moment. They've got guys like Jason Aaron and... Um, Why can't I remember any writers' names right now? Uh.
1: I mean, this is going back a couple years, but I would say, like, check out um, Matt Fraction's run on Hawkeye. Oh, Fraction, of course. Which is amazing. And, um, oh, uh, is it Tom King who did the Vision, like, miniseries?
2: Yes. Yes, I think it is. Yeah, that thing is crazy. That's such a good run.
1: Which is sort of like, I would actually, I would suggest that for you, Yuma, because it's gotten almost like (laughs) a vibe reminiscent of of Twin Peaks in some of this like dystopic suburbia stuff.
2: Yeah, it's very existential in a lot of it. It Sounds like the
0: comic I was born to read.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's great stuff.
0: Fantastic. I'll check that out. Um so the first this was the okay so you watched the episode of Trek that Ari watched with us and that yep, was Mary. what little girls are made of or what a little girls made of so that was that was it, your yeah, what, first sorry. star trek episode ever That was
2: my first f- full episode
0: full episode had you seen the other other series like next generation with like Picard? bits and
2: pieces but not like never sat down to give it a full my full attention sort of thing
0: this is fascinating. I can't wait to hear um, what you make of today's episode. Uh, how about movies? Have you seen uh, any of the Trek movies or any of the new, like the J.J. Abrams ones?
2: No, actually. I uh, sort of gave the whole Star Trek, Star Wars thing a wide berth for a very long time. And okay. now, like, my wife likes Star Trek, so... I uh, Star Wars, sorry, so I occasionally watch those, but... Apart from that, yeah, I sort of gave anything with star in the title was always a bit of a red flag for me for a while.
0: I wouldn't have picked that, Mickey.
2: No, it's kind of weird. Like, I am a very, very nerdy man, but I'm also very specific in my tastes.
0: I understand. I understand. (laughs) Uh, Where are you up to with Star Wars?
2: Uh, So I haven't seen the most recent one just because my wife and I couldn't get to the cinema. That's Solo. Oh, sorry. The one before that, Last Jedi. The one that made all the internet mad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I liked it.
1: They all make the internet mad.
2: Yeah, the sensible people I've talked to seem to.
1: Oh, I I love that movie. I think it's amazing.
2: Yeah. I just like Ryan Johnson's trolling of the trolls on Twitter, too. That's some good stuff. Uh, Just pointing out, like, them being wrong canonically. Like, he there was a big thing where someone said, oh, Luke couldn't... You know, Jedis can't use X power. And he literally, like, did, like, a little picture story of him going to his bookcase, pulling out the Book of the Jedi, and then going through and locating the power <laughs> in the book.
0: Just, yeah, just wonderful. Yeah. So, I think, I think Emily and I both were both big fans of The Last Jedi. Um Solo, I think I liked it. Emily didn't. But we... Okay. um uh sane people that can appreciate that some people like things and some people don't and that's that's okay and you don't have to have a massive meltdown on twitter about it yeah it turns (laughs)
1: out like i don't have to tweet ron howard 10 times a day like telling him that i hope he gets cancer or something because he made a movie i didn't particularly (laughs) enjoy
0: well that's a that's a lot of self-control on your part
2: (laughs) You tend to find life's a bit more enjoyable when you're not just screaming mad at things you're supposed to love, like yeah.
1: No, and what also like
2: I don't know, that's... like
1: I could see like if if it's something you really love and you've always loved, I could see being mad for a couple of days, but yeah. like continuing to be like filled with rage, like you know, like nine months a year later.
2: Yeah, and just going after people's personal, like social media and things like that, just because you didn't like the movie they made—it's very crazy.
0: So, for anyone listening now that's trying to fight the urge to um, tweet angry death tweets to Ron Howard, and uh, they've, today they've had a good day so far—they have, they've, they've held off on pressing the button. Uh, what advice would you give them? <laughs>
1: Go watch a movie that you do like. Hey, that's or good advice. Or do anything that you do like, like <laughs> read a book or eat some cookies or do literally anything else.
0: Great tips. Very good advice.
2: It's weird how, how addictive outrage can be though. Like I've just got I've gone off Twitter for a little while just for some mental health <laughs> space good and call. I really just want to go onto Twitter and be angry at people because that gave me some release. I'm not fully aware of now, but oh wow, <laughs> yeah, it's such a yeah, it, it's a really obvious change for me to not be on Twitter screaming at people who are being assholes. But instead, I'm not doing that, and I think it's doing me better. I hope.
0: Maybe you should have a cookie and watch a film that you like.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not do, do both? It has- Mine's mostly political when I get on Twitter, so <laughs> I'll I'll have a cookie and read a political ideology I like. I don't know. <laughs> and I
0: suppose taking it back to, like, say, to Star Trek, supposing you're a guy who doesn't like the J.J. J. Abrams movies, uh, like, the the movies that you do like are still there. And, mm, yeah, uh, that's exactly it. Like- that doesn't lessen your enjoyment of... Or shouldn't lessen your enjoyment of, like, all the original content that's out there.
2: Yeah. One of the worst, like, movie moments for me where I was like, wow, that was really bad, was Wolverine Origins. I hated that movie. I've been, like, a Deadpool fan forever, and they ruined that, like, in that film. Yeah, I went, well, this is bullshit. I walked out and then got over it. Like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna go like I was like wow I paid money for this that sucks and then I did something else like the comics that I bought they're all still in you know they're still all in the shelf they're fine nothing's changing them
0: they didn't catch fire
2: no exactly yeah the uh, executive from Fox didn't come over to my place and just start smashing things up it was everything was fine after the fact I feel
0: Emily, you're an X-Men podcaster. How did you feel about Wolverine Origins?
1: Oh, I never like I skipped that one entirely. Like I've seen
0: I've <laughs> seen bits
1: right. of it. Like I've seen mm. some of the, the Deadpool scenes and I actually what I, I there's this podcast I, I listen to called We Hate Movies, and they were doing an episode on that. And I try, <laughs> like, when it's a movie I'm remotely interested in that's not like three hours long, I'll watch it beforehand. I think I watched, like, Yep. I sort of watched that, like, I'd watch a couple minutes, and then I'd skip forward, and then I'd watch a little bit more, and then I'd skip forward. <laughs> it's not good.
2: Yes, it was, uh, it's not good at all. It, uh, no. <laughs> but now... It's all over the place, it's choppy, and then it's just like, ah, we call him the Deadpool. We took away the major thing he's known for. <laughs> Yikes. Like, they literally take Deadpool's mouth away from him.
1: Yeah, it's like, it was almost, <laughs> like, I feel like that has to be, like, a bit of an intentional fuck you, which I don't appreciate. But yeah, even but even it's then, it's like, be. okay, well, now there's two Deadpool movies that I enjoyed, and, yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. It had no effect. And now Deadpool makes fun, like, I think in the first Deadpool movie, there's, like, a little quick shot of an action figure for that shitty Wolverine Origins, Deadpool, in the uh, opening credits, I think. That makes ah, fun nice. Of it. Yeah, yeah. So they're very much, uh, very much on board with going. Yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> very cool. And now that uh, Disney have uh, X Men in their Marvel stable, now I expect we're going to get a heap more X Men content.
2: I'm looking forward to the X Men stuff. I am very concerned about any of the uh older prop like the properties aimed at older audiences. Yeah. Like, you know, Deadpool Yeah, they don't like making R rated movies over at uh Disney there, so no, <laughs> I worry that
0: They do so- make they do make some more mature uh like Netflix series. Like uh Luke Cage and Was it Jessica Jones? Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, they're a a lot lot darker, actually, now that I think of it.
0: Yeah, they're pretty brutal. Seems like there's still some room to run Marvel separately to Disney.
2: Yeah, well, that Disney streaming service starts next year, so all the Disney things are coming off Netflix.
1: Well, not right away, though, because some of them, they have, like, longer contracts with. Okay. Okay. So, like, and I wasn't, you know, this is one, like, I was just sort of skimming the article, so I don't even know, like, which Mm. of the movies are involved, but it's not going to be, like, a everything disappears on the same day thing.
2: (laughs) Which would be appropriate, actually, if just you went to Netflix and there's just a quick shot of Thanos and then all the Disney stuff. (laughs) (laughs) The rule.
0: Very appropriate. Well, let's kick on. This week we watched uh, Shore Leave, which is episode fifteen from season one. So we're about halfway through season one. Which I think is exactly halfway, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's thirty eps on Netflix because of the pilot. Uh, ah, so okay. So this is the Official. Yeah. That's yeah.
2: So such this a is...
1: long season.
2: It is. Yeah. It really. is. Yeah, and they're yeah. fifty-minute episodes too, which I never knew about Star Trek. Is that each one's about an hour, like TV hour for sure?
0: Yeah, solid hour with commercials. Hmm. Um. And I suppose nowadays you're probably getting like if you're watching it free to air, you're probably getting a lot more commercials. So they probably have to trim a bit down.
2: Oh yeah, they'd be like that's like how uh, mash reruns ran so often here that like the. <laughs> the afternoon showing of mash was like cut down to like 8 minutes just to fit more ads in <laughs> oh, <laughs> cuz people have already <laughs> seen it so much that no one cared and no one noticed not a single yeah. complaint was made when mash got shortened
0: yeah i've never been a mash fan oh i love no, mash I yeah a lot of people do maybe i should but maybe maybe all the golds in the the other 8 minutes that got cut out <laughs> And, the, yeah, the other milestone for this episode is it's the last one to air in 1966. The original air date was the 29th of December. Mm-hmm. So, this one's written by science fiction author Theodore Sturgeon. Uh, mm-hmm. And I didn't get a chance to dig up much about Theodore, but it looks like he'd written a lot of very cool-looking B-grade novels. And um, there seem to be sort of, you know, anthologies of fiction. From, okay. but the covers look cool, anyway. They look like cool <laughs> posters from B-movies. so
2: Like Frazetta sort of designs? or
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I definitely want to go and find out a bit more about Theodore's works. And uh, directed by Robert Spahr, I believe, if I've typed that correctly. So we start off on the bridge, and Kirk, Spock, and Yeoman Barrows are discussing beaming down a landing party for shore leave. Uh, and the crew has been they're discussing how the crew's been through a lot lately and everyone's exhausted. And based on the last couple of episodes, everyones the entire ship's nearly been destroyed and everyone's nearly been killed several times. Mm-hmm. So they have had a brutal uh, 15 episodes.
2: Yeah, it's been a tough run for the uh, crew on the USS Enterprise. It's, uh, you know, yeah, last, surprisingly, last week they rough. get themselves into some some wacky adventures yeah
0: well last week we had a wedding that got interrupted and then the groom got killed (laughs) okay by romulans and so uh yeah they've had a they've had a rough time um kirk has a sore back and complains about having a kink in his back and then yeoman barrow Mm -hmm. starts massaging uh, his back and and then kirk says a little lower and then he suddenly realizes it's not spock that's doing the massage and he gets angry and tells her to stop. (laughs) It's a bit weird.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I found that really weird, because I feel like we watched Kirk act disappointed at something William Shatner asked for.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Like He's like, yeah, have Yalman Barrows rubbing my back, and then... But that's not Kirk's thing. Kirk's not a sleaze.
1: (laughs) But Kirk is such a sleaze. Exactly. See, I totally read that. I just saw that as when... When Spock steps away, Kirk suddenly realises how d- d- completely inappropriate it is?
2: That might be a- that'd make more sense. It also- yeah, I, I don't know. How often do we see Spock giving back massages on the Enterprise? Is this like a running theme <laughs> in the show I missed? Or I've
0: seen other Vulcans- do that. I know in Enterprise the I can't think of a name, but the Vulcan science officer, I'm pretty sure she's a science officer or second in command, but she's an expert in some sort of massage or something. <laughs> Vulcans are generally experts at everything, so yeah, it would make well, that's sense. The thing.
2: I found myself always very comforted whenever Spock was on the screen. Like, yeah, it's a happy place when he's there. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, and definitely Spock is, I think, one of the main reasons why the Enterprise crew are still alive.
2: Yeah, he does seem to pull their uh, tails out of the fire a few times.
1: By the way, young Spock is apparently going to be on Discovery.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Played
1: by, I don't remember his name, but his last name is Peck because he's Gregory Peck's grandson.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is he? He was in one of those like vampire Moody shows, right?
1: Possibly.
2: What am I thinking? There's some other great Hollywood legends' son who's in like either Pretty Little Liars or one of those like vampire high school son things. It's like grandson or something. I think it's Peck. I don't know. They probably should have more um, actual facts before. Oh, I start we don't talking. need
1: facts here.
0: No, oh, don't right. worry about it. It's a it's a safe space. Just just, think, just say whatever zone. random thing comes into your head.
1: I hope he's not playing a teenager on one of those shows because the dude's like thirty-two. But
2: uh it's a bit <laughs> earlier, but Oh uh, okay. I mean we've you've seen pl- we've all seen plenty That's of true. you know, forty year old teenagers on TV.
0: Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh. I always
2: remember the Simpsons joke about that where they had Luke Perry and he smiled and his face was just a series of different wrinkles and lines. <laughs>
0: On the vampires, I'll just, like, when did vampires become so moody?
2: Vampires uh, are kind
0: of ruined now. They used to be scary and cool, and then now they're just moody teenagers. And then on Twilight... I feel
2: like Anne Rice has been doing moody vampires for a very long time.
0: Yeah, well, her yeah. stuff's great.
1: Well... Yeah, it's good,
2: but it's definitely moody, horny vampires. Like, it's... it's, Yeah. I mean, her stuff gets the-
1: pretty crazy. Like once you get past the first couple of books,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's- Interview with a Vampire is good, and then she's once yeah, you go a bit deeper, it gets weirder.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Well, it's it's not like you know Twilight where they can go out in the sun, they just start glowing and become all pretty.
2: No, no, these are like reclusive, like because you got to give them that like emo vibe. They have to hide somewhere, so they're all emotional. That's why they can't be in the sun.
0: Mm, I see. That's better than glowing. Yeah. (laughs) Glowing vampires, and all they do is play piano and climb trees. (laughs) Um, That was my take on Twilight. Apologies if you're a Twilight fan.
2: Because there's so many out there. So many people not regretting their Team Edward shirts. Hmm. So that's...
0: uh... (laughs) That's exciting, uh, having young Spock on Discovery. It makes sense because Spock's sister is in Discovery. Spock's sister that nobody knew about and was never mentioned until Discovery came around.
1: Okay, I was going to say, I didn't think that Spock had a sister.
0: Yeah, no, she's cool.
2: Of course she's cool, cool. she's Spock's sister.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I won't spoil any more Discovery because I know Emily hasn't seen Discovery yet. (laughs) And I know,
2: Mickey, you haven't seen Discovery yet. I haven't.
1: I think yet is pretty optimistic there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, once you guys get to that series, I'll watch at least an episode (laughs) to come back on.
1: In, what, like 20
2: years? (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a while.
0: You've got a bit of content to catch up on. Yep. Uh, So, on the planet's surface, uh, McCoy and Sulu are preparing a a report about the planet. And uh, McCoy hopes to be able to prescribe shore leave for the whole crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's very
2: pretty, like hell of a, a scenery they fe- found to shoot on it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a big park, maybe even like a national park or something. But uh, you know, it's a beautiful planet with trees and lakes and you know pretty well kept grass, despite the fact that the planet's uninhabited and. There's no animal inhabitants, not even insects or birds or anything. So it's nice and quiet and peaceful. Um, While Sulu's off gathering some samples, McCoy turns to see the large rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, Mm -hmm. uh, followed shortly by Alice herself, who asks which direction the rabbit went. And McCoy is shell-shocked. He just, all he can, he can't speak. All he can do is just sort of point in the direction. And then he freaks out and yells for Zulu to come. And he's like, did you see that? And Zulu looks and there's nothing there to
2: see. I appreciate uh, Zulu's enthusiasm in all things. That's <laughs> yeah. one of the things I definitely noticed up the top is he's, he's up for it. He's ready to, to get involved, <laughs> get his hands dirty.
0: I love his smile. He's always grinning at yes. everything.
2: Yeah, he has the hugest smile on his face the whole time. He looks great.
0: Sulu so could be my favorite um expanded character. What's the word I'm looking for? He's not he's not expanded universe.
2: <laughs> no. A but, uh, supporting character.
0: character. Yeah. Yeah. So, back on the bridge, Kirk records the most exhausted captain's log I've ever heard, and he's just <laughs> He's so exhausted, he sort of arms and ahs and stops halfway through the start date. Uh, and he talks a bit like the way I talk all the time on this podcast. <laughs> it basically says, you know, we're orbiting an uninhabited planet in the Omicron Delta region. Omicron's a, like a name. I think we've talked about this, uh, some of the references in The Simpsons on like, uh, Futurama. the main episodes. Oh Futurama.
2: Futurama. Omicron Percy eight. That's where Lur and Ananda come from.
0: Ah, and they talk about like the like the classic saying or the book, you know, women are from Omicron Percy I eight and men are from yep. Omicron Omicron Percy I nine. Yep. Or something like that. Um so yeah heaps and heaps of Star Trek references in Futurama, and quite a few in The Simpsons as well. What was it we are talking about, The like the giant green aliens that appear in the Halloween episodes? Uh, Kang and Kodos. Oh, yeah, because Kodos, cause Kodos yeah. is a name
1: that's used in an earlier episode of Star Trek.
0: So we had Kodos the Executioner a
2: couple of weeks Yeah, I ago. wouldn't be surprised if Kang's a reference to Marvel Comics Kang either. Kang oh, the Conqueror. Yeah.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
2: Hmm. Because that's the guy that made the Avengers happen, and we haven't seen him in the movies yet. That's my big pick for the next three Avengers movies: is you're going to see weird time stuff with Kang.
0: So is Kang a bad guy or a good guy?
2: Bad guy. He like change. He uses his time travel to change the future, so he becomes like an emperor, like emperor. But also, there's another version of him who comes back who's not it's a different part of it. It's very strange. Time travel's always weird.
0: So, yeah, I thought you said bad guy, but then you said he, he made the Avengers happen. Is it like the Avengers were formed in response to this menace?
2: Yeah, kind of. It's very... Yeah. It's I mean, time travel, and also it's like old comics time travel. So it's... Right.
1: Uh, and he also, like, the... The younger, less... well, because then, oh, okay, this is getting, no, it gets too, never mind, I'm getting too too nerdy <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, I was going to mention I, that Iron Lad is in the new Exiles, yep. but that brings in alternate universes <laughs> as well as time travel, and then mm-hmm. it's, I just, I can't even be bothered. <laughs> I'm boring myself.
0: Yeah. Did you say Iron Lad? Yes. As in, like Young Iron Man or something, or Scottish Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, but
1: he becomes he becomes Kang in some universes.
2: D- what what does he become after Iron Lad? He changes, doesn't he? To...
1: oh, at some point he goes by Kid Immortus, which is which is a That's terrible it. name. But so is Iron Lad. So
2: <laughs> Iron Lad's probably yeah. worse, actually.
1: <laughs> Although, like, why would you want to have Lad or Kid? In your name.
2: Or boy, yeah. Like, I'm sure Robin prefers to just be called Robin, not Robin Boy Wonder. like.
1: Okay, Star Trek.
2: Star Trek.
0: Okay, so Kirk's recording his exhausted Captain's Log Mm -hmm. uh, and says, We're orbiting an uninhabited planet in the Omicron Delta region. It's Earth-like, or rather, Mm -hmm. how we remember Earth to be, almost too good to be true. So There's a few clues in that. Mm -hmm. Um, Kirk isn't going on shore leave, although he's exhausted and he needs a rest, and he's got a sore neck now, he's sort of rubbing his neck. Um, Spock also doesn't need shore... Oh, Spock doesn't need shore leave, uh, just because it's illogical.
2: Yep. Um, yeah, I liked his explanation there. It's just, Vulcans rest when they rest. It's like, uh, what? <laughs> I don't understand how that's... this is different from just having a rest.
0: Uh, it sort of makes sense. Uh, like, Kirk doesn't look like he needs to go and visit an exciting planet. He looks like he needs to go and sleep for 12 hours yeah. and see a chiropractor or something. <laughs> um, Bones radios Kirk from the planet and says, Captain, are you coming down? And he says, uh, either our scouting probes are malfunctioning, or I must report myself unfit for duty. So, on this uh, supposedly uninhabited planet, I just saw a large rabbit pull a gold watch from his pocket and claim that he was late.
2: And I like Kirk's response, yeah. Let me guess. A little girl with blonde hair followed?
1: I I always love learning what uh, pieces of Earth culture... Everybody is completely fluent in, for some reason. Fully
2: aware of. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland has survived thousands upon thousands of years to still be mainstream culture, apparently.
0: Yeah. So, like, Mickey, if you rang me up and told me, I need help, can you come down? I've just seen a you know, giant rabbit pull a watch out of his pocket. My first thing's not going to be Alice in Wonderland. No, it would be- uh... My first question's going to be- uh, what have you taken today?
2: Yeah, exactly. Is there a hospital near you and
0: Is there is there a gas leak? Yeah.
1: What I love is that Kirk's response is that he thinks Bones is like playing a practical joke, which all right, Mickey, you've never seen an episode of Star Trek. Let me tell you, that's never been a thing that we see Bones do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he just assumes he's he's being a joker. Yeah, because doesn't he try and think he's trying to trick him down onto the planet to trick him into some shore leave?
1: Like, why would that be the lie that you tell?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, especially with Kirk. With Kirk, it'd be like, hey, there's some really hot women down here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which there was. Suddenly, he's being responsible this episode. (laughs) Um, Spock alerts Kirk about a crew member that's uh showing signs of stress and fatigue and their reaction time is down and he's becoming irritable and quarrelsome yet he refuses (laughs) to take rest and rehabilitation and kirk orders uh the crewman to go ashore and says what's his name and spock says it's james kirk enjoy your shore (laughs) leave captain so spock had a better way of tricking him down to the planet
2: yeah i do what i do enjoy about like because the music still has that like seventies Brady Bunch sort of thing to it where like they very much use the music to express the scene. Oh yeah. So yes. like for example with that one where Spock says, uh, oh, his name's James Kirk, it gives like a little whim whamp whamp like sort of sound for us. It's I found the music to be very interesting for the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, this yep.
1: episode in particular, it's all very like jaunty, wacky adventure music.
2: Yeah, and, like, Irish flute music through the middle, which we'll get to.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We've had quite a few cartoonish Irish (laughs) stereotypes in this one. Somebody's Irish, they're real wild.
2: Yeah. Well, they were trying to be inclusive, but they knew that you could still make fun of the Irish, I think.
1: Uh, uh, The Irish are definitely their, like, go-to, like, literally there's an episode with people, like, a dude, like, singing Irish ballads. (laughs)
2: It's so weird That's Yeah I also found it really interesting Like how diverse Star Trek is And how Not diverse The rest of science fiction Was forever Like that should have Immediately just been Oh okay Yeah we make shows That include all the races now But Nah Maybe not
1: Yeah That that Didn't happen
2: (laughs) Yeah That's the problem I just thought, yeah, just like literally it's got uh, such a diverse cast, like stuff you wouldn't, you know, Glee has a, a less, uh less diverse cast sort of thing. And yet this is from the seventies and didn't become the standard for some reason, even though it was a smash hit.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think like what else was like, like, I think original Battlestar Galacta had like one African-American guy and everybody else was white and then like yeah, like Star Wars was super white. and oh, Star and Wars was super is white.
2: white. Star Wars is massively white, which is why people are upset it's not white anymore. <laughs> so I think uh, Kirk's about to beam down.
0: Yeah, so Kirk's been tricked into going on shore leave. Spock talks about how deserted and peaceful the planet is. Just uh, as we get a shot of the pl- from the planet's surface of a rock rolling over to reveal a revolver underneath it. Uh,
2: old old style, yeah, police, policeman's gun.
0: And we get some uh, dramatic music all of a sudden. <laughs> so maybe this planet isn't so peaceful.
2: It was very strange, the the rolling rock thing to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, that was... I don't
2: know if it was... I don't know if it gave much. Like, it didn't... It wasn't, like, a clue to what was happening for the rest of the show. It's like, and there's a rock here with a gun. Yeah. I don't know. I found that to be a little bit
0: odd. So, we we meet a couple of crewmen, and they're gathering data for a report for the captain. And the captain and yeoman beam down, and McCoy shows them rabbit footprints. So, mm-hmm. they follow some clues. Kirk puts... Uh, sure leave on hold, and then all of a sudden they hear gunshots, and they rush over to see Sulu grinning and firing the police revolver into the air.
2: That's a ridiculous shot, too. Again, he's got his giant, wide grin on his face, and he's just shooting this police revolver, having a ball. It's very bizarre to watch.
1: When this happened, I also thought, oh, it is also making the people go crazy, which totally, I guess, just isn't the yeah. case, and he just would have done this anywhere.
2: Yeah, so Sulu finds a gun on a planet, and he'll just shoot it. Like, that's the thing he... that's how he rolls, apparently.
0: We had an episode uh, early on where Sulu... There were, like, crew on the Enterprise that had a virus, mm-hmm. and it was actually making them go crazy. And we had Sulu, shirtless, with a fencing sword, attacking the bridge and trying to yeah, take Yeah, so I think I've seen hostage. the pictures it's of It's pretty great. Though. And the same thing that just that crazy big broad grin and him just threatening somebody with a weapon.
2: Yeah, he, uh, he rules. <laughs> so cool.
0: He's definitely a wild dude. So Sulu is very excited and they ask him, you know, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, target shooting, just like it's a normal <laughs> thing to just do randomly.
2: Uh, which is, there are no targets that we can see. No, he's just standing and... He just appears to be shooting it into the lake. Yeah.
0: And he's you know, he's very excited. He explains that he always wanted a gun like this, and it's an old-time mm-hmm. police special, and he excitedly tells him, you know, it, it fires lead pellets propelled by expanding gases from a chemical <laughs> explosion. And, I love uh, that bit. Oh, man, and Kirk's like, uh, I'll take that. Uh, the fresh <laughs> air seems to have made you a bit trigger-happy.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. I, it's so strange because he's just perfectly un unfazed and standing there, like three point shooting stance, just firing off into the distance and just having a ball.
0: Yeah, and I think in a way this does make people s- slightly crazy in that it's presenting them with something they've you know they've imagined or they desire or or, or whatever, and it's it's just so real and profound that it, you know, totally distracts them from, you know, their their mission, I guess. Yeah. So the yeoman, yeah, yeoman spots more rabbit tracks and they go and investigate. And then my favourite part is we see a mysterious TV antenna thing just pop up from out of the ground and points at uh, the crew, uh, points at the landing party and then we get some dramatic music so, the uh, the villain in this episode is a TV antenna. Yep. <laughs> Very dodgy. Um, Kirk and McCoy have a chat, and Kirk gets talking about an Irish cadet that used to pick on him back at the academy.
2: I had two things about this conversation. So, first of all, pranks haven't evolved in the future from, like, bucket of water over the doorway... Like, that's still a top-notch prank from, you know, this utopian future. And the other prank he mentions is cold soup in the bed. <laughs> that old cliche. Which is not one I've ever heard of.
0: You haven't done it? <laughs> Emily, have you ever put what? cold soup in someone's bed?
1: I don't even, like, I can't, like, I can't, like, why would you use soup and not, like, any other liquid... Yeah.
2: Uh, you just got spacho I um,
1: Are, like, weary, like, is it just, like, a ball at the foot of the bed and then they kick it? Oh, like, I can't figure out the logistics
2: of I what this thing is.
0: <laughs> the classic cold soup bed manoeuvre. I just love it. You go, oh, the soup in my bed again. Oh, and it's not even hot. <laughs>
2: That's it. As if you'd be happier with hot soup in your bed. Just boiling yeah. hot soup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a pea and ham at the end of my bread? Smells delicious. (laughs) This isn't a prank. Oh, it's cold. Oh, they got me.
0: (laughs) This cadet uh, Finnegan, is an arsehole that used to pick on Kirk. And, uh, of course, as soon as uh, Kirk and McCoy split up and Kirk's alone, this Finnegan appears and we get cartoonish Irish music.
2: Yep. Yeah, Irish. (laughs) Like every time Finnegan's on screen. I mean, this character is basically
1: like a cartoon leprechaun.
2: Yeah, he totally is just a leprechaun. They didn't call a
0: leprechaun. Yeah, except yeah, he's a full size, big guy, and just has a just a mad, insane grin from ear to ear, and he's like Jimmy Boy, and he just goes up and just punches him in the head straight away. Yeah.
1: Also, not really a prank.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Gotcha! Ow. <laughs> uh, I do like uh, Kirk's Kirk's little bump after this. He takes that uppercut and just rolls, like, four times on the ground before he gets back up. Like,
0: Yeah, nice.
2: It's something massively dramatic.
0: But Kirk, Kirk sort of has a big grin. He's, like, delighted about this, which I wouldn't be. But he's like, oh, fine, let's do this. And he's like, yeah, so exactly. Kirk finally gets to give this guy the ass-whooping he deserves.
2: Yeah, settle some soup scores.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But right when they're about to fight, um, they hear a scream and Kirk runs off. And Mm -hmm. the yeoman has just been attacked and her dress is ripped. Uh, It's sort of weird. The tree is sort of... Seem to be coloured red or something. I don't know if that's meant to represent blood or something, but the yeoman wasn't bleeding or anything. I don't know. Just, it's a pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. Scene.
2: The whole little, uh, is it Don Juan? Yeah. Yeah. That, bit, that whole bit's very. I'm just gonna say bad. <laughs> like, yeah. It it is introduced for absolutely no reason apart from to tear her shirt.
0: Yeah, that's basically it. I uh, feel like
2: it. But I will say that this was the point where I noticed that Star Trek is, like, way hornier than I ever thought it was. Like,
0: Definitely the original series. I get
2: why it was very popular with teenagers in the 70s now, you know? Yeah. The cast and crew are also just the most handsome people they could find in the 60s. <laughs> like, it's all very attractive people on the Enterprise.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Let me see. So the yeoman says... uh, She starts talking about a man with a cloak and a dagger with jewels on it. And then she talks about how she was thinking about Don Juan at the time and how uh, it would be cool to meet him. (laughs) Although this doesn't seem like a very cool guy. (laughs) He's just been attacked. Um, Can somebody fill in my ignorance of classic uh, fiction? I know the name Don Juan, but what is... What is Don Juan from?
2: Uh I know it's a story by is it Percy? Or is it Shelley? I can't remember. One of the one of the uh romance poets wrote Don Juan DeMarco and there's a Johnny Depp movie about it.
0: I see. So he's a bad guy that rips women's dresses, I'm guessing.
2: No, he's like a he's not the bad guy, that's the weird thing. He's like a the world's greatest lover sort of thing. It's, it's very... like a
1: Casanova type thing. Yeah, I think it is
2: based on the original Casanova. A little bit. I'm not totally sure. Okay. There you go. All I know is my friend tried to use something he saw in the Johnny Depp movie to pick up girls, which was always Oof. very cringy.
1: Oh, dear. Ooh,
2: yes. Yeah, yeah, that's not a dude you want pick up advice from old Johnny Depp these days.
0: Oh, boy. Yikes. And how did that go? <laughs> not well, I'm
2: guessing. Uh, it was. It never worked. <laughs> it never worked. That's good. Uh, so, there is balance in the force. It was this real force. creepy thing where you, like, touch their hand a bunch and, like, say Ugh. Oh, how pretty their hands are. Yeah, it's oh, not- gross.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that's <laughs> awful. Well, I hope your friend has uh, yeah, it's grown since, since then. <laughs> There you go. So, this Don Juan character we don't actually see at this point, and Sulu's rushed off after him, Mm -hmm. and Kurt runs after Sulu, uh, but suddenly he bumps into his old girlfriend, Ruth.
2: Whose outfit's on point, I will say. That outfit looks great. That is a
0: wild dress. Uh, So, she's basically wearing, like, the dress is split in half, one side is white, the other side is black with some floral stuff.
2: Uh, earrings are like black and white triangles. They look great. Her hair's done very well.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. If you notice, that, like, even down to the shoes, one shoe is white and one shoe's
2: black. Yeah, they went all out with the, the contrast on that. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, and, and colors Euristic.
1: aside, it's this sort of, like, Grecian, like, goddess sort of outfit.
2: Yeah, the hair's up in, like, a almost a halo sort of, shape around the top of her head and yeah it's it's very much a, a come to god moment i guess
0: <laughs> uh so yeah so this is a a woman from Kirk's past that he's clearly uh got still got st- pretty strong feelings for
2: so do we know about this ruth character previously or is this like not at all <laughs> okay so it is just like an ex girlfriend. Yeah. Essentially.
0: Yeah, basically. Or well, someone he had a huge crush on. Um, yeah, who's
2: probably dead? I don't know. That's the vibe I got anyway. Oh, there you go. Is that like, yeah, he was very shocked that some that she was there at all. Yeah, interesting.
0: But no, uh, that could just be me. Could just be the one that got away. Mm. So they hang out for a bit and there's Romantic old Hollywood music playing uh, until they're interrupted by Rodriguez on the radio.
2: I will say the only only uh, note I have for that uh, conversation is that Kirk's eyelashes are mesmerizing. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some. He's got some great eyelashes. They're very long. Yeah,
0: and the eye makeup in general, and this is on point.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. That uh, that was the first thing my wife commented on when she when I turned the show on was like. Oh, that eye shadow, (laughs) 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 Lang.
0: Yeah, all the men have pretty extreme eye shadow. Yes, they do. The captain orders everyone to meet back at the Glade, and uh, Spock radios in He's detected some strange energy readings from the planet now. This planet that they thought was completely empty, uh, and they're possibly coming from below the planet's surface, which is very ominous. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get the... Dodgy TV antenna popping up again, and this time it points at McCoy and Yeoman Barrows. Uh, McCoy and Barrows seem to be falling for one another.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit flirty between those two. It is. There's a bit
0: of an age gap there,
2: which is fine.
0: Uh, That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know why I need to point that out. (laughs) Um, I just think of McCoy as this just old, cantankerous Georgian doctor.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's he's the one I related to more than anyone, I think.
0: Yeah. McCoy, you're not you're not meant to be having fun. You're meant to be angry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, So, they look like they're about to pash. Uh, the yeoman imagines princess's clothes, and all of a sudden a fairy tale princess gown appears, hanging up on a Which tree.
2: Which is... When she's talking about the clothes, there's, like, jokes about... <laughs> Like, oh, you'll have to fight off a hundred Don Juans if you looked like that. Ha 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 ha! It's like we're really just joking about what happened. Like handsy men, like that's about yeah, it. That's yeah, too much. And he goes, you'll have,
0: <laughs> you'll have to fight off heaps of men, including me, or something like that, or even me. But,
2: yeah, yeah, and I think Yarmen Barrows has the line like a lady to be protected and fought for. That's her goal. That's what she wants to be.
0: And if I only that. she had the, the outfit to go along with that or something, it's, it's odd.
2: Yeah, some pretty regressive ideas from Barrows on that one, I think, you know. Yeah. Respect yourself a bit more, girl.
0: Um, so, the yeoman goes off to change into this princess outfit in the bushes, and McCoy um, is trying to concentrate on the radio, talking <laughs> to Rodriguez, but he's also... Uh, trying to perv on the yeoman at the same time. It's a bit dodge.
2: Yeah, and his line is like uh, I'm a doctor. If I peek it's in the line of duty. <laughs> it's not better. Oh man. Um Yeah, this episode is really horny. Like yeah. there's yeah. a lot of a lot of like peeking and a lot of, you know, implied getting it on.
0: Well it is Sure Leave.
2: Well that's true. Well yeah, exactly.
0: McCoy's talking to Rodriguez on the radio. All of a sudden, Rodriguez goes silent because uh, he and another crewman have to hide from a tiger. Yep. Um, so, it's exciting. Uh, and then Sulu is attacked by a samurai. <laughs> and <laughs> so, it's all happening and he starts, you know, he rushes out to Kirk. Um Spock beams
2: down just in time. I think it was just before Spock beamed down that my wife had this quote, which was, uh, Those chimes are starting to annoy me. Because <laughs> you know how there's the chimes through the whole episode? I don't know if you noticed. There's like a ding-ling-ling-ling-ling through the whole thing. Yeah, I want to go yeah, back she, and listen again. Uh, yeah, like, she got fed up about halfway.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, Spock beams down as he couldn't contact them by a communicator because there's some sort of energy field that's increasing and. He just he figured out or calculated that there was they would be able to beam just one more person down. So he goes, uh, and then we cut to a knight on horseback charging at McCoy with a jousting stick, and McCoy stands his ground because he's convinced that these are just you know illusions, <laughs> uh, hallucinations, yeah. And then uh, McCoy is stabbed to death with a jousting stick and dies. <laughs> Did you see that coming?
2: Uh, I I knew he wouldn't like. I knew it wouldn't be a hallucination. I knew it would definitely we'd we'd be made to think he's injured or killed, but didn't think uh, McCoy was finished.
0: How about you, Emily? Did you uh, did you <laughs> were you surprised when McCoy I mean, died?
1: It's not like I thought. Oh no, McCoy is dead.
0: <laughs> I wonder what. I guess it's still only halfway through the first season and occasionally you see shows get rid of a main character if somebody wants to be written out or something. And I in mean, what's it, Next Generation? Um, Tasha Yar is the security officer and she gets killed by some sort of purple blob pretty early on.
1: <laughs> it's a black oil creature.
0: Yeah. like made of <laughs> And are like, oh, so there you go. One of the main crew is dead. And then they spend the episode mourning her and watching a hologram tape she made. (laughs) Like, whoa. That
1: That is skin of evil that happens in. But she comes back a couple of times.
0: Doesn't she come back, like, later on, she guest stars as, like, the evil parallel universe version of her?
1: She comes back as a parallel universe version of her, and she comes back as a... I can't remember whether it's both future and parallel universe or just future, but a it's like her a daughter of Tasha and a Romulan, I think, but played by oh. Denise Crosby still.
0: Okay, so she's just got the Romulan. Bond it's like structure. it's like a,
1: just slightly though, yeah.
0: Hmm. Fascinating, because I think the yeah you know, for whatever reason her character wasn't working or she wasn't working out. Start off with, and I think she did play it like it was pretty sort of dry and boring the way she delivered her lines. But uh, when she came back as the you know, like yeah, the Romulan version or the evil parallel universe angry version, um, they're much better (laughs) characters, I think.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. She was
1: in one version where it was just like, um, oh god, it was yesterday's Enterprise, but it was just sort of like a really sad. Oh, this is the universe where Tasha never died, but. We miss oh, our friend. Wow. <laughs> yeah. she's, like, she's always like flirting with Data and stuff, and I think she and Data have a really like poignant scene. But it's been a while. There you go. So well, my memory glad... can conflating things.
0: Yeah, well, I, I just seem to remember that. I'm, I, like, I'm glad that she got to come back and kind of reprise the role or do those modified roles because she did a she did a great job. But anyway, so uh, for now, McCoy is dead. Princess Yeoman is weeping for uh, weeping while you know Kirk tries and updates his log about how his uh, medical officer is dead.
2: Oh, uh, they shoot the knight too. Someone uses the police special to shoot the knight off the horse, and it's a hell of a hell of a stunt too. There's some quality stunts in this episode, actually. Yeah, that's right. The way that dude falls off that horse looks great.
0: Yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, and did we talk about, yeah, the, the yeoman's princess outfit as well as, you know, the big gown? She has, like, this ridiculous pointy hat.
1: It's pretty
2: bad.
0: With a sort yeah, of a veil thing on it. Yeah, which she specifically
2: requests, too. Yeah. In the dialogue.
0: So all this bad stuff's going on, but she's still in her fancy dress outfit with ridiculous <laughs> yeah. pointy hat while she's crying. And they take the knight's helmet off and find out he's some kind of dummy. And then Spock... Yeah,
2: that bit was a little strange to me.
0: Well, they sort of... Spock sort of... He's theorizing that these are some sort of cellular constructions or something or other. And I think Kirk's just trying to say, you know, you're the science officer. Give me an answer. What's happening here? It's a planet that's only got plants on it. So how are these things here? And it seems to be they're constructed from... Some sort of cellular stuff, but they're dummies or robots or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. This uh, is also where Kirk manhandles uh, Barrows back to sensibility. Yeah. The old, the old 40s TV. You've got to get a hold of yourself. and just shaking her.
0: Yep. Yeah, and it, it a, works. snap out of it. I need my officer back. <laughs> uh, Rodriguez and... The other crewmen are attacked by a World War II fighter plane. And then Kirk has a big fight with Finnegan, a massive fight that goes on forever.
2: Yeah, it's like 15 minutes long. It's insane. But it starts great. When when Finnegan, like, dives off the rock onto him, that is such a good start.
0: That's pretty cool.
2: I also thought it was kind of funny that... uh, Rodriguez is describing World War II as, like, oh, funny flying machines fighting each other. <laughs> and, like, like, it's, like, less what than What is two- this
1: conversation that you're having, like, that goes from tigers to World War II?
2: Yeah. And not to mention, like, this is less than 20 years after the end of World War II. Like, just, it seemed a little bit uh blasé about the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Just very shortly after it. Also, the fight scene has the jaunty leprechaun music the whole time as well.
1: Yeah, so I wasn't wasn't ever sure what I was supposed to be feeling during this fight.
2: No, Me neither. Just that it kept happening. (laughs) I felt
0: confusion.
2: Yeah, it just, the fight would stop and he'd be like, oh, I beat you. And Kirk would be like, no, you didn't. And then get up and punch for another five minutes.
0: It's like, yeah, it's a brutal fight that goes on and on. Yeah. And it's, you know, reminded me of, like, the, um, on Family Guy, Peter fighting the giant chicken all the time. that just goes on forever and ever. (laughs) Um, but they're, like, the Irish guy's got a mad grin from ear to ear. He loves it. Yep. Kirk's grinning as well. He loves that he gets the opportunity to fight this guy. It's not my idea of a good time, but they're both having a great time. Um, and then Kirk... Finally, ends up beating this guy.
2: Yeah, he does that like double hand thing, which I saw him also do in the the episode I watched. Yeah, with oh, is that it's like his,
1: his, it's his go to move?
2: It it is his signature move.
1: Yeah. All
2: right. Well, I'm gonna call that like the Kirk handle or something. Just from now on. Nice. He needs a cool name.
0: Kirk handle. That's it. Oh, Mick, Mickey's big into wrestling. Oh, yeah. I'm very proud of you. You haven't mentioned wrestling once this podcast.
2: Oh well, I try not to. Which you're free to people's people's do. Podcasts by, by the with way. it.
0: You're free to do. Um, So, the Kirk handle.
2: Yeah. Or, or yeah, or Kirk hammer, something like that.
0: Yeah, Kirk hammer, I like that. Let's go with that.
2: Uh, It's also one weird thing I noticed is, like, before the fight's fully finished, they have, like, three different little conversations. Uh, Finnegan and Kirk. Yeah. And one of them, uh, Finnegan calls Kirk a plebe, which he's really offended by. But like, isn't this like the ultimate utopian future? All of the 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 law sort of says it's very uh very socialist sort of thing, very progressive, and yet you're getting offended by being called part of the lower class. Oh, That's a really that good seems- point.
0: Yeah,
2: I don't know. That seemed like a strange thing to me. I can find class warfare anyway, guys.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, yeah, he does seem really offended by that, which is, yeah, it's <laughs> it's an interesting. Yeah, they, we've had a couple of Irish characters in this so far, and they've been very weird, cartoonish, <laughs> just crazy madmen,
2: basically. Well, that's the other thing. Uh, are we supposed to assume Finnegan's now just a Starfleet captain himself? Like they were at academy together, so
0: is I feel there... like Finnegan's the kind of guy that would have got kicked out <laughs> eventually. <laughs> he doesn't seem it doesn't seem heads. like he was as serious and focused as Kirk was. <laughs> Maybe he just one too many cold soups.
2: Yep, that's it. Very
0: violent too. He's the kind of guy that would glass you with a cup of soup.
2: Yeah, that, yeah, that was his. That was actually his prank. Is he just hit you in the face with a cold bowl of soup? Yikes! Just throw it across the room.
0: But yeah, so Kirk finally gets to bash this annoying Irish guy <laughs> that used to pick on him. Uh, so that's Kirk's fantasy.
2: So do you think Gene Roddenberry might have had some things with the Irish? Like, is that maybe what happens here?
0: It's <laughs> possible. Yeah, they cop it so far. They, well, they, they you know the comic relief or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. It's not until we get like good strong Irish characters in you know next generation and Deep Space Nine. Or A uh, what's our engineer? O'Brien. O'Brien, yep. And he's a great That's guy. That's an Irish name? O'Brien. <laughs> it's not, not quite as um it should be Finnegan O'Brien.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's Miles.
2: Miles O'Brien. Miles.
0: Conan O'Brien. <laughs> um, yeah, so we get a good Irish character finally And not a crazy cartoonish violent <laughs> leprechaun <laughs> Just takes a little while And while this big fight's happening Then Don Juan appears and captures Yeoman Barrows Or tries to, tries to take her away um, And Kirk finally sort of figures out This is all coming from their imagination And you know tells them all not to think Don't think about anything Don't imagine anything Don't talk about anything
2: yeah, there's like a cool run back to the glade scene too, which is very good. Where like Kirk faces everyone's problems and just oh yeah. them all with like one punch. <laughs> and like my favorite bit is when they get when they get to the samurai and like Kirk punches him once and Leonard Nimoy just falls over him. Like they didn't reshoot it; he just fell on top of the samurai. It was great. <laughs>
0: That's a a sick samurai outfit, too.
2: Yeah, and the samurai's literally in it for probably a minute total. Yeah. Like, that costume would have taken so much time to make, and, yeah, it's in the tiny scene with Sulu, and then the tiny run-through with Spock and Kirk at the end.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's pretty cool. An awesome set of armor to own for Halloween. (laughs) Um. So this plot is basically like Ghostbusters, where you've got to try hard not to think about anything,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then all of a sudden Dan Aykroyd um, imagines the stay puffed marshmallow man,
2: <laughs> yeah, something so to that effect. Ghostbusters ripped off this episode, I think we could clearly say.
0: Or uh... well, there's a, there's a, um, no, I won't get into time travel. <laughs> um, <laughs> All of a sudden, a friendly human-type alien appears uh, and explains that, basically, this planet is just an amusement park for his species, where they go and relax. And uh, he's just real—they've just suddenly realised that uh, you humans can't handle it, basically. <laughs> and you're yeah, and that dude has no it.
2: personal space either. Yeah. Like, if you watch it, the dude in the robe, he's, like, uh, you know, a good- Only about a foot away from anyone at any one given time.
0: Yeah. In his weird kimono. He's, like, some sort of cult leader.
2: And he also creeps on barrows like everyone else. He, like, strokes (laughs) her chin or something.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's so Dodge. Like, just, yeah. Anyways, he just sort of- we've, We've seen this a bit where- we're very intelligent, advanced aliens with this cool technology. And sorry, guys, we didn't mean to freak you out. And let you have all these things, terrible things, come and attack you. You know, we, we now know that you can't handle it, and we'll, we'll look after you or whatever. But he basically says that they're um, they're welcome to the crew are welcome to hang out and enjoy the planet. Yep. Uh, and the big surprise is they've repaired McCoy in their underground factory. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's right. It's a factory. That's all they say. Not a medical facility or anything.
0: Yeah, Just... we don't get to see it. Uh, but McCoy is very happy. And he has uh, two women, one on each arm, that they're cabaret dancers or something that basically look like Playboy bunnies. Yeah, they're uh, in like
2: showgirl outfits.
0: And he's. McCoy has a big grin on his face, like we don't get to see this factory, but just you know, just basically says, "Oh, they have this facility down, you know, underground, and they can do all sorts of wonderful things." Uh, and then the the yeoman is cross and asks about the girls, you know, what, where do they come from? And he says, <laughs> McCoy says he thought about a little cabaret on Rigel Two and two thought about two chorus chorus girls uh, and then uh, they've appeared and then he says well I am on shore leave
2: yeah that's right
0: so dodgy and the yeoman says uh, and so am I as she takes his arm and then uh, basically McCoy just sends the girls over to the other the rest of the crew
2: yep Sulu <laughs> so <dodgy>. and Spock
0: <laughs> yeah uh, but Spock this is all very illogical, and Spock's heading back to the Enterprise, and
2: <laughs> so Sula ends up with two women. I think
0: so, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Rod Rodriguez appears to be with the other the other girl.
2: Yeah, who he ran the... into a tree during the Japanese when the Japanese plane was shooting them. Oh man, do you remember that? that they're running away from the plane, and he runs and is holding her hand and literally just runs her straight into a palm tree or something. <laughs> It's very weird.
0: You're much more observant than I am. It was, <laughs> do you reckon that was a mistake?
2: No, no, because they play it too. Like, they, yep. Like he, like, checks on her when she's on the ground. Ah, uh, okay. But it's just, it's a really funny thing to include in, like, this high <laughs> drama scene is you just slapsticked your girlfriend into a tree accidentally. Wow. Um,
0: Kirk. Orders shore leave to continue <laughs> as planned and says, Tell the crew they're going, ha- going to have the best shore leave of their lives.
2: That planet's going to be so gross. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, these are essentially space sailors. Like, if yeah. you just let a bunch of sailors unleash their thoughts on everyone, Jesus.
0: Yeah, Kirk's. Uh, Kirk's about to head back to the Enterprise 2, but then uh, his old girlfriend turns up again and says, oh, maybe I'll stay a couple of days. <laughs> and uh, so there you go.
2: I love how puritanical and yet sleazy it all is. Like, yeah. Because the well, implication it- is definitely there that there's just going to be weird sex stuff going on, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah,
1: like weird sex with his... I guess like plant slash robot slash that dummy, looks yeah. like that looks like your possibly dead ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Think- now that you put it that way, like because I was you know, originally I was thinking, oh, it's just an illusion or whatever. It's just a fantasy, a bit like the holodeck. But no, these are actually some weird synthesized dummy things. So, yeah, yeah, that's a
2: bit weird. I also think, speaking of the holodeck, that this probably influenced them bringing the holodeck in, maybe or yeah, possibly. Seems pretty, pretty similar to all the episodes I've heard about where the holodeck goes insane and you can't control it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that um, the holodecks. Pretty wild and (laughs) next-gen. You'd think it'd be shut down and off-limits until they can stop trying to kill the entire crew.
2: Well, bring it back to the X-Men. I mean, the Danger Room turned into a living entity and tried to kill them, and then they're just like, "No, you can be on our team now. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Like, the episode finishes with, like, a joke, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just... (laughs) The least realistic thing about the whole show was... That laughter at the end from Kirk. That was, <laughs>
1: that was really bad. It was so bad.
2: Like, there's a lot of like soap opera y stuff, but that laugh just like, ha 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 Like, just like stopping and then starting laughing again. <laughs> it was very weird.
0: So, it's basically, I think, uh, we cut to the bridge after they've been on shore leave for a few days and, uh, Kirk and the officers are coming back aboard, and Spock basically asks them how their shore leave was. And they're all grins from ear to ear, they're relaxed and super happy. Um, and Spock basically just shakes his head and says, You know, most illogical, and that's the <laughs> joke, I think. <laughs> and then there's like the, the Brady Bunch music, like you say, <laughs> we get that a fair bit. Spock raised something, happens, Spock raises an eyebrow, and then we get the wow wow wow. That's exactly
2: you still get the... All the jokes still have, like, that... <laughs> like, <laughs> that it's space again.
0: Did every TV show have that back then?
2: I feel like it was pretty common. Like, if you watch The Brady Bunch, every time oh. something... Like, a scene ends, it either ends with, like... Meow, 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 or, like, a... <laughs> like, it's always... They always accentuate yeah. it.
0: That's fair enough for the Brady bunch because it's you know like a dumb family show or whatever. But yeah, Star Trek. you know, the theory. we
2: weirder you know, on Star Trek.
0: Is a bit older. <laughs> like I wonder if you watch a serious show like Perry Mason that they you know there's a convicted murderer go to jail and then
2: they know, definitely they, like, did tell stings. a joke and it
0: goes wow wow wow.
2: <laughs> they definitely did that on Perry Mason. Oh man. Like yeah, there's definitely dramatic stings and like closes up. Close up to faces where it's going like, doo, doo, doo. yeah,
0: yeah. I get the dramatic stuff. Hopefully, there's not just dumb jokes though, at the end. <laughs> I think there might be. Oh man, I want to go back and watch some now, <laughs> and that'll be uh, tune into our Perry Mason podcast
1: <laughs>
0: coming next summer. Perry Pod. Perry Pod, man, I like it. Um, so basically, I, I feel like these. Fantasies or whatever are pretty sexist. Like the the men get gorgeous women or mm-hmm. old girlfriends they're in love with, or McCoy gets the two cabaret ladies from Rigel too. Uh, whereas the women just get like Don Juan just trying to attack you or kidnap you or whatever, and,
1: and tigers
0: and <laughs> yeah.
2: Because even so future women be shopping, apparently, according to... Yeah.
0: Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, that's right.
2: Like, yeah, it would have been way better if, like, her Barrow's line when she said, I'm on shore leave too, was then, like, followed by two hunky dudes with shirts exactly, off. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That would have ruled. But, of course, yep. you can't assume women enjoy being with men, <laughs> apparently. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so it was basically, yeah, here- here's your clothes... They might as well just, oh, wow, a new oven and a
2: washing machine. <laughs> it's going to make the same, yeah. Uh, so, I asked my wife what she thought of the whole show, because she's never seen an episode either. Uh, she said it's not as bizarre as early Doctor Who, but she is a fan of Doctor Who now, so I don't know. She said she might actually give, give the series a crack. Oh, so exciting. Yeah, so... You'll have to drag my wife Ash on here sometimes. Would be yeah, that.
0: that'd be great. We'll have to uh, we'll have to check in uh, a little bit down the track and see how you're going.
2: Yeah. Um right. I think my final thought on the episode is I actually I enjoyed it. I it's like good sci fi. It doesn't like bog itself down with too much exposition and stuff like that. Like you know, they've got their their flowery exploit like their flowery language and like their pseudoscience, but they don't they don't go too heavy on it, I don't find, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: it's not boring, it's fun. <laughs> and this, this episode definitely is, it's wild.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's great, yeah, it was pretty wild. And yeah, that fight was like a quarter of the episode, yes. just the <laughs> Finnegan goes on and on. <laughs> just- yeah, and then you think they're finished, because they have a small chat, and then Kirk will say something like, I'll get you now, and then do another punch, and we're around again, the Irish music kicks up, and... <laughs> <laughs> It's time fighting again,
0: oh man, that's wild, Emily, do you have any final thoughts on the episode
1: i mean it's it's a fun it's pretty goofy, but it's an it's, it's cool. like it's a an enjoyable watch,
2: yeah, yeah, there's no bits where I was bored, like no, that's for sure, even if there's like a bit of dialogue, it lasts five minutes, and then is immediately something ridiculous is happening. Like, yeah, he's talking about his old friend Finnegan for five minutes and then there you go, you get to watch him get punched straight away or things like that. So, it rocks a lot, Yeah, along, they definitely, I
0: definitely got the action sorted out. I know for um, on the original pilot, the TV executives didn't like it because it was too cerebral. Um, so <laughs> definitely, this is a <laughs> an episode that is the opposite
2: of that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing of. About Star Trek that I never really knew was that there were light-hearted episodes. Like, I only learnt that having, you know, started talking to you and stuff, that there are these silly, you know, I mean, Tribbles being the most well-known one, but apart from that, yeah, I thought it was all a very dry show, but definitely not the case.
0: Yeah, and even in, you know, most of the dramatic update, uh, sorry, in most of the dramatic episodes it normally tries to finish with, you know, pretty, you know, some sort of warm, lighthearted moment. Yeah. Um, we didn't get that last week with the war against the Romulans. That so was pretty brutal. But, okay. I'll so, yeah, <laughs> we'll have to go back and check try it and, out. Try and leave the TV audiences feeling nice and happy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, very cool. Well, that's our uh, this week. Uh, we got a few intergalactic emails (laughs) through the week
1: yeah the first one is this is from dale and the topic is the big Balek. and is i'm probably not the first to inform you of this but the voiceover of the dummy Balak in the corbinite maneuver was done by ted cassidy who played rook the android in what little girls are made of and Lurch on The Addams Family. Enjoy the show very much, Dale. I actually didn't know that. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I did not know that at all. I, I knew... So, I knew two things. I knew that Rook... The actor of that played Rook also played Lurch. And I knew that the voiceover guy that did the dummy also... I think he was, he was quite a big voiceover guy for cartoons and stuff. Um, but yeah, I didn't... Didn't put them together. So, is it, yeah, like a massive, imposing actor as well?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder what other, um, giant sort of bald bit parts he got. He could have easily had a, had a, had a part in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom.
2: Oh, yeah, just hand, manhandling Indy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Thanks for that. That is a very good fact, Dial. Yeah.
1: Alrighty. Let's go to the next one. And that is... Hi there, Mick and Emily. I'm so glad you guys are back online after your summer recess. I was a late addition to your crew, but the break allowed me to catch up. So checking out your Romulan review tonight. I always loved TOS. Despite all the political incorrectness, it was exciting and charming for its day. And reliving that with you guys' perspective, what's the appetite again? So, watching with you. Oh, cool. Cool. Next Generation captured the imagination for so many, though. It became such an influence to me, particularly season three onwards, when the acting was less stiff and the character relationships really started to gel. Adored adored Voyager, such strong and creative storylines and underlying plot threads and relationship dynamics running through. Love, Bellana and Tom. Seven discovering humanity, but there's only one wharf. Rediscovery. Sticking with it as you recommended. Hoping some good threads develop amongst all the dazzling CGI. Keep up the good work. Regards, Mark from the UK.
0: Great email, Mark. Um, yeah, we've, we've got... It's interesting that like, next generation's adored by a lot of people. Uh, but there was somebody on Facebook who complaining when I said, you know, Picard's... Last week I said everybody's favourite captain, Captain Picard's coming back. Uh, and of course, yeah, you know, it's a generalization. There's, um, there's plenty of Kirk fans. I like Kirk. Um, but yeah, the, oh, I think that, yeah, the other sort of complaint was I think even though it was only our first episode back, we had, um, you know, obviously there's been a lot of press about this Picard series and a lot of speculation. Uh, but I'd just say to, to all the people that are passionate original series fans, when we talk about our love for Picard or our our love for next generation, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't take away from, you know, our our love or your love from the original series. And it's not binary.
2: Like, you know, you can't, it's not like you can't love both Kirk and Picard. It's not like you can't enjoy both those captains.
0: Yeah. And that's like, (laughs) like we're talking about, you know, before we started talking about this week's app about, you know, disgruntled Star Wars fans that, you know, sort of feel the, the original stuff's ruined because they don't like the new movie. It's just enjoy yeah. what you enjoy. If you don't like it, skip skip ahead a bit. So Yeah, uh, I
2: mean, we've all been pretending there's only one Matrix movie. <laughs> that's <first> right. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. But uh, if, you, if you enjoy Matrix 2 and 3, then uh, good luck to you.
2: Yeah, yeah. If you enjoy Matrix 2 and 3, then you probably have a better outlook on life than... Most of us, but uh, you <laughs> or, know, we also us. probably like shiny things a lot. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, net, yeah. Next generation has a lot more depth, and I think. It's, but that's you know, just because it's a TV show that was produced in the eighties, as opposed to one that was produced
2: in the sixties. Uh, they're of their time. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I mean, the fans have grown up too. Like, yeah, that, that's kind of what it is. Is it's made by people who love the original, right?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, So, with Discovery, um, yeah, I think it does, Discovery does take a little bit of sticking with. It's quite different in that it has, you know, story arcs that um, traverse across the whole series, so it's um, it's something that lends itself to being binge-watched like other modern series. It's So it's quite different to, you know, previous um, Star Trek series where the episodes are all, you know, very well self-contained and you can sort of drop in whenever.
2: Yeah, they're pretty standalone.
0: Yeah. Uh, But no, there's some some exciting twists in Discovery, so I hope you enjoy that, Mark. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, next up we got one from Squire Trev. The subscline is Balance of Terror, which was the last episode that we did. And he says, hi, folks, another great podcast. In regards to the stupid helmets on the Romulan crew, it was expensive to fit actors with pointed ear prosthetics. It was less expensive to make them wear helmets. Just wanted to share this little piece of trivia. Thanks.
0: Good, good uh, explanation. Yeah, I I guess uh, so. it's a logical, cost-effective solution. I just wish they made the helmets look better. (laughs) But it sort of made me think... Like, if they're supposing supposedly, they'd, you know, they put, like, Corinthian-type helmets on, would that have been too much?
2: Yeah, one of those big ones with the brush on top from, like, the Romans or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but that's sort of too much. Yeah, they're, that might be a bit Trying to the not exactly it's be not a the Roman Empire. <laughs> <laughs> What's a, what would be a good helmet design, I wonder?
2: Hmm. From those old ones. I don't, yeah, that's the problem is, like... Prop building only existed for about four years when the original Star Trek started. So a
1: yeah. lot of
2: the stuff that they're doing there is very experimental, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Maybe gridiron, NFL helmets.
2: <laughs> be good I don't
0: know. But yeah. So good thinking. That would save a lot of time as well, not having to spend hours doing Vulcan ears and makeup. Very cool. Thank you, Squire Trev, regular contributor.
1: And lastly, tonight we got one from our good friend Catherine Neen. And because last week we were talking a little bit about the Defiant and from g Space Nine and my inability to remember how it got a cloaking device, but Catherine says, "Hello, he's debtors. The cloak from the Defiant is a Romulan one." When we first see it, there's a Romulan officer to work it. It was an agreement between the Federation and the Romulan Empire due to the newly discovered threat of the Dominion. I knew all that off the top of my head without looking anything up. What necessary knowledge do I not have because I knew that? Live long and prosper, Catherine.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much, Catherine. Um, I'm keen to, yeah, like I said last week, one of the many things in my backlog is uh, getting into... Watch more Deep Space Nine. I'm excited. I haven't got to any of this war stuff yet. (laughs) Very exciting. I feel
1: like it really starts to kick off in the third season. That's when, like...
0: Should I skip to the third season?
1: (sighs) Let me make a list of good episodes from early Deep Space Nine.
0: You're such a legend. Thank you so much. Or
1: maybe at least some really, like... Really terrible ones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Maybe I should just watch it all. I have to watch it all. What kind of Trek fan am I if I start cherry picking? (laughs)
2: That's
1: it. Well, it depends. I'm
0: a Mickey flykick. If cherry
1: picking (laughs) means that you'll keep watching it as opposed to being like, well, these episodes suck, so I don't really want to watch them.
0: Yeah. I'm going to watch it. It's just a matter of there's so much content, so little time. That's true.
2: Oh yeah, They're I need to just,
0: retire so I can. I have
2: total watch
0: option, all of the streaming
2: option paralysis when I open up Netflix or whatever nowadays, and then you just end up rewatching something for whatever reason.
0: Me too. I'll get that. I'm, I'm bad at picking movies. Like I'll just panic and go, "Oh, there's time, so many options," and I end up just not picking anything. Yeah, I don't <laughs> watch it about an lot. hour on the menu.
2: I'm a TV guy myself, so I usually. I, I struggle, for some yeah. reason, I struggle to concentrate on the hour and 30 minutes that is a movie, but then I'll watch eight episodes of a show in a row. It's
0: yeah, like... me too. That's <laughs> what I tend to be into. I'm watching Preacher at the moment. Any of you guys watching Preacher? Preacher? Rules.
2: I'm halfway through the second it's season. So I just It's one of those shows I have to watch with my wife, which means we don't have that much ah, time to watch
0: okay. it. <laughs> oh, man, this season three is cray. It's all very cray. It's very exciting. Did you read no, the comics? No, I'm aware of the comics. They are very different uh, but
2: I'm not saying you know, that's I'm aware
0: a- of how the comics Bad. end. So I'm intrigued as how it's if it's gonna go the same way. I guess it sounds like they're mostly out of original material now.
2: No, there's heaps of other like little stuff. Like what they seem to be doing is just peppering in all the other stuff from the actual comic and like not doing it in the same order necessarily but it's still good it's really fun so it doesn't matter to me
0: very good uh i i can't wait to see how the season rounds out um emily we better let you go and enjoy what's left of your new york evening mickey thanks so much for
2: joining us how can we follow you and Aid it rich oh well thanks for having me uh you can find me on well when i get back to twitter i'm at mickey flykick on that uh you can find my podcast with Arya Salan, who you guys have had on before, at uh, yeah. www.ainitrich.com or where you get your all-good podcasts. Um, I think that's about it. I do comedy around Brisbane. If you ever see my name on a poster, go in and look at me talk funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, you guys have just put on a- another show uh, what's it? Who Dem Boys with Ethan Simiana
2: and... Dan Dennis. Dan
0: Dennis. How can I forget of Dan course. Dennis? Man, I need sleep. Uh,
2: yeah, we got another one of those on Sunday, the 19th of August. So if you are in the Valley and want to see some hilarious comedy, uh, that would be my pick.
0: Definitely check out Who Dem Boys. Don't tell Dan Dennis I forget, I've seen too many comedy <laughs> Very good indeed um, Awesome Yeah and uh, Yeah definitely check out The The latest Ain't it rich The first life pod is so cool And uh, yeah go back And If you haven't heard it Have a listen to Aria On our episode Where we uh, What is it again What
2: little girls are made of yeah i really enjoyed that episode
0: very good that was super fun Mm -hmm. thanks so much for coming on mickey champion
2: thank you very much for having me
0: very very welcome emily lind how can we follow you and your amazing content
1: uh you can follow me on twitter and instagram at eflind that's at e-f-l-i-n-d and i also have a star wars podcast called The Canto Bite Dispatch and I have a Twin Peaks podcast called How's Annie
0: <laughs> Awesome So good, so much awesome content you guys uh, You can follow us on the socials We're at He's Dead Jim Pod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and uh, if you'd like to send us an email, thanks so much to everybody that emailed in this week um, Please share with us your thoughts and your knowledge and whatever you want to share with us uh, he's dead at at gmail.com thanks so much guys
2: yeah and if you want to correct anything I said uh, feel free to send it in and uh, I'll listen to the f- future episodes to hear how I was <laughs> oh, wrong. indeed I, we, we get
0: uh, we get corrected a lot which is great I need correcting <laughs> yeah. which is very good.
2: Oh yeah, I'm happy to be uh, as a, a non-fan stepping on this this hallowed ground. I'm I'm happy to take my shots
0: if <laughs> I have to. I yeah, I have a I have a wavering degree of accuracy, and I'm uh, very <laughs> very <laughs> open to being corrected. Uh, we'll have a wonderful week, guys. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening, He's Debtors, and thanks to Mickey and Emily for. Being awesome Star Trek pals on the show, I really need to go and drink coffee. <laughs> Catch you next time. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.